lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf, filling out mock drafts leading up to the actual draft in April, filling out March Madness brackets that are going to be dumpster fires within the first weekend of the tournament here. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a wash party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, a man who looks like he is poised to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the NBA's all-time scoring list, Brandon Newman. Brandon, what's going on? I'm doing great, Mike. I was just thinking about LeBron um, in this moment, but I don't want to get distracted with basketball because it's football season. It it's is, football but, you're, season. But, but you're wearing a Lakers jersey, so it felt like you were hinting that you wanted to talk about it. Yes, but no. No, just no. Mm-mm. All right, Brandon. Well, um, we have a great show for you guys today for things that we do want to talk about here. My dad, Mike Golick Sr., and Stu Gotts from the Dan Lebitar Show with Stu Gotts. You can catch both of them, usually on God Bless Football as well. Uh, Stupidity, uh, the greatest podcast in the world, Golick and Smetty with my dad and Jessica Smetana. They're joining today to ride the lazy river of topics heading into the weekend. We're all getting ready to head out to Scottsdale for Super Bowl week next week. Stu Gotts is going to be out there, him, Billy Gill, my dad, you and I, Brandon, we're all getting ready to head out here. This is our last show, not together for the next week. We will get to be together and hanging out all next week, which is awesome. Yes, I'm excited for all the sights and sounds. Maybe some uh, paper, rock, scissors matches between the what? I, I hate when you do it in the wrong order like that. <laughs> I have to sit here and listen to you say Bazos for every, every other episode, and I can't say paper, rock, scissors. It's rock, paper, scissors. Is rock, paper, scissors. No, I, if anyone out there is calling it paper, rock, scissors, I'm sorry to inform you you're wrong. You're doing it the wrong way. Okay, well, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to have some in-person games with you then. Yeah, by the way, if you're not already at Gojo Show on Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Gojo Show underscore, I believe, on TikTok, going to be a lot of content coming out this week since we are together. Yes. We've got a lot of time. We're going to be at Radio Row, which if you've never been around the Super Bowl, you're going to hear me, Dad, and Stu Gatz talk about it. It's a giant event center full of all of the different TV, radio, media people in general around the sport huddled into one area, eating like pigs the entire week, walking around and gas bagging on each other's shows. Famous people, athletes, celebrities are in there hawking product left and right, giving you lukewarm takes just to sell whatever designer thing that they're there to push or whatever product someone's paying them tens of thousands of dollars to promote. It is incredible. It's a rush for about two or three days then you want to headbutt a knife it's 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 thirsty af mike it's yes. thirsty af it's just a very it's a hard mix of 
looking really hard at someone to see if you recognize them and then looking around and seeing people look very very hard at you obviously you are somebody that somebody they want to recognize they, they see you and then they turn and whisper to their friend uh oh there goes Carl jr's there oh, one of his dads here and then for me it's like is he some does he play for the texans no that's not <laughs> no that's not <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I'm excited to see everybody, especially you know, uh, uh, with what we went through around COVID, not having all these things. The Super Bowls, uh, someone described it to me as sports media prom because yes. you normally meet people on the internet, you read people's work, you read whatever they're putting out there content wise, and then you actually get to meet them and find out that they are not a cartoon avatar at the Super Bowl or any of the ordained yes. championship events. And I'll, and this is the first time the DraftKings is going. Uh, yeah. on the on the content side Mike and I'm happy to be here uh, it, it is kind of like prom because every time you have staples that you usually go to the Super Bowl with but you know if you're like me if you're like you sometimes you're there with with a new partner and you're like hey let's can I introduce you to my to my new I don't know how to employer I guess is the, the yeah. soft way of saying it yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's a it's a hard launch. It's like that first time you post an official picture on Instagram together, and I feel like yes. going and doing it at the Super Bowl is that sort of official. So yes, we are going to be there. Dad, Sean King, Michael Lombardi, Ross Tucker, tons of, of the folks from DraftKings, from the Vegas Stats and Information Network, Stormy Bonantoni, who's been over here plenty, is going to be out there during the week. So it's going to be nice to see everybody. It's going to be awesome to get to go out here and uh, keep shoving content your guys' way. So again, stay tuned. All the social channels we're going to have that right there brandon before we get too far into it you're going to hear me and dad's do gods reference the pro bowl skills challenge from this weekend if anyone was unaware the pro bowl is going on in vegas right now for the nfl and they're not doing the damn game anymore it's gonna be a flag football game and some other nonsense but thursday night they kicked it off with the skills challenge and brandon electric absolutely electric content here water balloon toss between the afc and nfc including a bunch of the o and d linemen out there you had that you had uh a variety of different positional players for the AFC and NFC fielding punts from the jugs machine and having to yes. do, I don't know if you remember the specialists before practice, a lot of kick returners and punt returners would do the thing, especially in the NFL. This is big during training camp when there's crowds right. there and people want to get people to ooh and ah, they'll try and catch the ball and then hold on to it and then catch more balls. Guys will catch five and six at a time. And so they had the OD linemen and a bunch of linebackers and skill guys go through that. You had guys like Joel Batonio, the offensive lineman for the Cleveland Browns balling out in that thing. I think our boy Zach Martin jammed a finger during that. Uh, Patrick Ricard, the 300-pound fullback for the Ravens, was an animal. Uh, I believe it was won by Trey Hendrickson, the D-lineman for the Cincinnati Bengals, who was electric. So all of it was really fun, Brandon. The only thing, honestly, they had the quarterback skills competition where they go through and throw balls at different targets with different uh, values on them for Mm -hmm. the AFC and NFC to win. The line of the night, by far, came from Derek Carr who came up there and went ham for the AFC to end that thing. You're throwing at all these moving targets. You're hitting discs with different point values. And he comes up at the end. And Ryan Clark, Laura Rutledge, Robert Griffin III, and Marcus Spears were all on the commentary team for this. And Ryan's handling the player interviews. And when he goes up to Derek Carr, he says, Derek, have you ever, like, you were red hot out there. You were incredible. 
have you ever gotten that hot in Vegas before? Because it was played in their indoor facility. It's a home game for them. He said, have you ever been that hot in Vegas? To which Carr immediately responded, not that hot. That's probably why I'm going somewhere else. He had that one in the clip loaded. I mean, it, it, the joke wrote itself, though. Like, obviously, Ryan Clark was probably insinuating, like, at the casino, been that hot in Vegas. Oh, no, he was talking about there because, I mean, Carr had just played for the Vegas Raiders okay. this year. They had okay. played their home games out there. He was dealing. And so I, it just seemed like one of those things, Brandon. I remember one of our teammates had a line – one time, he uh, Brian Smith, who's a linebacker at Notre Dame, jumped over and hurdled a running back who tried to cut him when he was blitzing, and he said, I had seen that running back do that in tape. I was jumping him on Wednesday. This was a response that Derek Carr had loaded up on Wednesday. He knew, however he got yes. to it, he was going to find his way to this remark to make sure he got his dig in. And also, I, I shouts out to him, and shouts out to the skills challenges as a whole, Mike. I think that's one of the most underrated things that the NBA All-Star game uh, offers and yes there's such it's such an important it's such an odd specialty for football that it's like those things in practice every position wants to do a little bit of practice for the other position just to just for whatever reason I don't even know oh. why Brandon, the most fun I ever had before a game or before a practice, when we were in the Hawaii Bowl our redshirt freshman year, Coach Weiss, before the Friday walkthrough, had everyone go out there and the skill players and the linemen all switch their warm-up. So normally, yes. we would go do ladders and bags to warm up and the wide receivers and DBs would go do pat and go where the quarterback just yes. throws you fade balls and you get to run down there and make the cool catches and we flipped. So they had to go do the shitty drills that we did and we got to go out there and play catch and you'd have thought he he gave us like an extra scholarship stipend that we were getting NIL Man. deals. Then we were happier than pigs and shit. It was, it was a bunch of guys that had not run to their like top speed in a very long time at practice, just because who wants to waste that energy going out there and putting on the burners, like, like NFL street. I remember Pat and go, I, I, I can't believe I forgot that. That was some of the most fun I've had on a football field. Because you got guys like, normally the most you get to flex during a practice if you're an O or D lineman, especially I can speak for O lineman, when we would do like mirror dodge where we're trying to mimic the yeah. defender while the offensive lineman tries to stay in front of him, we're throwing fake yeah. spin moves in there, yes. we're busting out all the D line moves that we left in high school. This one, when you got out there for pat and go, people are getting off the jam on the line of scrimmage, they're hitting footwork like they're Devontae Adams, it was ridiculous. Speaking of that, I knew Zach Martin was headed for the Hall of Fame when I saw him do some mirror dodge drills. Like, I, I heard rumor of how good he was as a defensive lineman back in high school. I mean, that guy. That guy, yeah. he could he could have started at three technique for us as well. Built different all-star. Soft hands did very well on the water balloon toss. They had uh, pre-taped longest drive competition, which was incredible. And I was stunned. The specialist involved in this, uh, Tress Way, who was a punter, I forget for what team, and Justin Tucker were the two specialists, both ended up losing um, to um, – who ended up winning the longest drive competition? Tress oh, Way it was Jordan, is a punter – it was, for the it was, commanders, by the way. Okay. It was Jordan Poyer 
who ended up winning the longest oh. drive. It was like a 320-yard drive on his last shot. That's right. Tressway was in that really nice video with the uh, commander's player who made the Pro Bowl as a specialist. Gave him the dap, all the love in there yes, when he was in yes. the office um, with their coach. So, yeah. So, it was cool to see all those. Our guy Jimmy Clausen, former Notre Dame quarterback, made a little cameo. They did a most creative catch. It was all pre-taped, which, again, really helped with the pacing, made it a lot more palatable, where they took guys like Justin Jefferson, and Stephon Diggs and Amon Ross St. Brown and had them in different places around Vegas catching a ball while they were ziplining, diving into the pool, all these different things. And Ooh. Jimmy Clausen and Matt Leinert were the two quarterbacks that were throwing to those guys. So nice to see Jimbo still get to show off the arm a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure you got a check for that. So a check for throwing the football. I love to see that. It's a beautiful thing. So overall, I thought it was a big success. You brought it up. My favorite stuff from every All-Star game has always been skill challenges. In the NBA, when you get that full court version of it, at the NHL one, where they put the targets in the corner of the net and have those guys sniping those discs. Man. It's always the most fun here. There's no reason to play that game anymore. And I still think, again, dodgeball is the only one that didn't sing for me. I think it ends up slowing down a little bit. Throwing dodgeballs is a lot harder than you remember in gym class. I, I understand you saying it's slowing down, but it's like no one complained about the game being slow when you're watching the Queen's Gambit, right? Like there, there's there's some checker, there's some chess, not checkers being played, and I, I said that right, yes, and I, I appreciate it, especially when you get a chance to see one of the most athletic players in the NFL take a ball to the face like Saquon Barkley did. Like that was some it, bullshit, by the way. That apparently that's a rule that you can't hit someone in the head in dodgeball. I get that we're trying to take the head out of hitting in football. Dodgeball, you got to leave that. He Demario Davis clipped Saquon Barkley in the head. They went and replayed it, and because it hit him in the head, Demario Davis was actually disqualified for the NFC defense. It went NFC wow. defense versus offense, AFC defense versus offense. And then the winners faced off in the championship. And yeah, they DQ'd Demario Davis because he hit him in the head. These aren't hard balls. The fact that that was a disqualification, quite frankly, is bullshit. NFL, I mean, NFL is, dodgeball is rigged. I, is the script was written. <laughs> when Saquon saw the script, he's going to get hit in the head with a dodgeball. Yeah, pissed. Uh, so... Plenty more where that came from, but gold star for me on that. Again, if you really want to set this thing off, let them play knockout. Let them play pick up. I pick up basketball. I know you're Ooh. not going to let them do because the injury risk. Let them play knockout instead of dodgeball and collect profit. Y'all are welcome on that one. We will get to another Notre Dame quarterback that's in the news in a little bit. But first, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, my dad, Mike Golick Sr., and Stu Gotts are going to join us to ride the Lazy River. It's the most wonderful time of the year. March Madness, getting ready to go in college basketball. And we got some of the best stars in the sport finally trying to close the deal. Zach Eady at Purdue trying to see if he can cap off an historic career with a championship. Much like his counterpart on the women's side and Caitlin Clark, who's been one of the biggest names in sports this entire year. And is looking to see if she can snag that elusive championship that's eluded her during her career. Regardless of who makes it to that final game of the tourney, though, one thing's for certain. It's going to take the most talented people like the two I just mentioned working together to help these teams play at a high level. If you're hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. How do you find them? ZipRecruiter. 
And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. ZipRecruiter uses matching technology to score excellent candidates for your job. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's powerful technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And once you review your list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply, so they're more likely to apply sooner. Pick ZipRecruiter to help you build a winning team. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free, ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Let's just pick it up. Where were we? <laughs> Smetty feeling the wrath. Smetty, Smetty feeling the wrath. It is. Jess has become like another like Golic sibling. I feel yep. like like I can text her about the same <laughs> things dealing with my dad as my sister. Only she doesn't have credit card access. That's right. true. Did she Luckily, have to eat she- a piece of paper of your family, of your entire family, to get in the family, or she just had to get a job with you? Like, no, I, she, or she, went to Notre Dame. Well, you, you went above and beyond to do that, right? Um, yeah, but, I don't know if we did. We ask you to do that, or did you just volunteer that? No, no, I was asked to do that on national TV. So no, don't, don't, don't do it that way. I was asked to, and but, I did it with a smile on my face but, because that's how badly I lo- listen. That's how much I love your family. That's how badly I want to be a part of your family. Okay, but you did so many embarrassing things on the other side. That was just to kind of make up for the stuff. <laughs> right. So it didn't put you ahead. No, you're right. <laughs> Uh, Smetty yeah. is clearly way ahead of me. There's no yeah, uh, no doubt about it. She works. She works smarter, not harder. In yeah. uh, in now all the these question matches. is, am I ahead of Sid? That's really the big question. That's tough. She does all my social media for me, so I need her. <laughs> Except I, she does one tweet for me and, and emails me a bill for twenty five thousand oh, dollars. So yeah, it can get a little kid. pricey to work yeah. with her. <laughs> Again, the Stu the Stugats might be as strong in my sister as anybody yeah. on earth. Like the the only person I saw recently more Stugatsian than Sydney uh, Stugats. I'm sure you saw this. Mike Francesa going on first take and uh, basically calling Tom Brady a compiler. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, when you haven't given a take of any sort of consequence, okay, with any sort of audience. In so, so long, you have to come out of the gates with something special. And Mike Francesa delivered on first take. Tom Brady, a classic compiler. He compiled seven Super Bowl rings. <laughs> yeah, there, there's one thing to compiling stats, but when you're compiling the, the thing that every person cherishes in your sport and you have seven of them, that kind yes. of puts you in a different category. Uh, no does. doubt about that, yeah. Yep. And, and then when you leave and go win it without the guy that's seen as the other half of the dynasty that you built there and actually live out the sports talk fantasy that we all said there. It is interesting, though, because Tom Brady does have that sort of unique thing where everything we talk like for a lot of quarterbacks. Now you can look at and say, oh, with Patrick Mahomes, it's all the insane off platform throws and him buying time in the pocket like Dad, could you name the best thing Tom Brady did physically on the field readily? It seems a little bit harder to place because his physical skill set was never really the stell, but he also wasn't as demonstrative at the line of scrimmage as like a Peyton Manning or someone right. like that, to Francesa's point. Yeah, well, listen, his his skill was his ability to read defenses. It kind of just like Peyton. 
You know, I mean, that that's what their skill was, is figuring out. I mean, when when he, I love the story with, with Harrison Smith, Mike, your old teammate at Notre Dame, you know, obviously been playing for years as a pro bowler with the Minnesota Vikings, was kind of baiting back and forth with Brady on where he was lining up, trying to disguise. And, and Harrison said, Brady just looked at him and said, will you line up right here? Because I know that's where you're going to end up. You know, and Harrison was like, shit, you know? I mean, it's kind of like, Mike, you talking about Luke Keekley. You know, when you played against him at Boston College and you were on the O-line at Notre Dame, of just knowing the plays. Now, obviously, at linebacker, you have to be a little more physical as well as knowing the plays. But the ability to know where you're going with the ball or where your best options are before the snap even happens. And then, obviously, the accuracy and the wherewithal to get it there. I mean, is is just he's proven to be just an unbelievably deadly combination. Wait, so Brady wanted Harrison just to go to the place where he yeah. knew he was going to end he's up. Like, he's like, like that's I, next level yeah. mastering of the he position. Did. He did. Right he said, there. "I know you're yeah. going to end up here, so why don't just you just go ahead and get there?" Yeah, I know that's where you're <laughs> going to awesome. be. And Harrison was like, "Shit, <laughs> okay." Yeah, Harrison Smith, also a future Hall of Fame yeah, player, yeah. being right. stunned on the field by the greatest of all time. Gojo, it was right there. He realized he was playing checkers. That's it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Stu Gatz, I just realized now, too, this is like freeing for you as a Jets fan. Do you feel lighter walking into the day knowing that Tom's finally gone? I mean, listen, he's been gone out of the division for a while. Unfortunately, Josh Allen's now in it. And so it's like, I mean, we just can't catch a break. Hopefully, we will catch a break. I don't, I'm not convinced that Tom Brady is gone. I'm not. Really? And no one should be. I'm just... Mike, I'm not convinced, okay? I know that makes it Brett Favre if he comes yeah, back again yeah. and does it again, okay? Um, I just have a hard time believing. I really do. I have a hard time believing that Tom Brady went through all of this with his family, lost his marriage to his wife because he wanted to play one more season in Tampa Bay. Like, to me, that just it doesn't make sense. And so I think maybe – as we get closer to next NFL season and with the San Francisco quarterback job, possibly uh, having an opening because we'll see what happens with the Purdy injury and Trey Lance and that Lee recovers and Tom coming from that area. I could see maybe Brady coming back for another year or two in San Francisco. I could see that. Um, I know it's not a good look for a guy like Tom Brady. Like, oh, we just can't let it go. He keeps hanging on, make up your mind. I don't think Brady cares at this point. If he feels like playing in May or June and wants to come back, they're not going to say no. And who's really going to care? You know, and J.J. Watt will be super happy. I mean, how about that? Because five (laughs) years from the day, J.J. Watt thought it was going to be J.J. Watt day. And now it's Tom Brady day. How about that? Yeah, that is that is very true. I I happen to think, Mike, that he's going to stay retired. It would start to get Brett Farvish. If he came back again, but I agree with Stu. I don't think Tom cares about that. Um, I just think, and I also agree with Stu when he says, why would he go through all he went through just for one more year and it to end that way? But I really think this year, Mike, the personal side got into it and I don't know anything about it. I don't care to know anything about it. That's Tom's business. You know, I, 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 if he wants to talk about it, fine. If he doesn't, that's his business. But everywhere, you know, everywhere he went. New England forever and then Tampa Bay for a few years. What did he have around him? He had his family around him, right? And now that wouldn't happen. If he went to San Francisco, it seems like the kids and Giselle are staying in Miami. 
You know, and if that is in fact the truth, we know how Tom is. Tom is from March to the end of the season. Tom would go to San Francisco and have all those receivers working out at a at a local high school or whatever. You know, just practicing. We know his commitment level, and this would be it would seem. Now I can't say this with with at complete accuracy, but I think it would be a first season away from everybody if his family is not with him. And maybe he's just like, you know what? I just I'm, I, I don't want to do that. So while I think professionally I agree with Stu, I don't think he really wants to end. I think that personal side of it may have really added added to the decision this time around. Well, I think also you do all that work that Tom Brady does to go barely 500, barely make the postseason and get your ass beat the entire time. There right. did kind of have to be part of him that was like, oh, now I'm old and all of this is a little bit harder. I do have the added strain of, all right, how do I go about handling and being around my family in a way that's different than before because the circumstances changed there and the result on the back end now is no longer guaranteed to be deep super, you know, deep postseason run opportunity at a Super Bowl. Maybe at that point it's a lot easier to say, yeah, you know what? I've sort of reached that limit where the standard I've held myself to is no longer being met, so I'm not going to stick around to watch it get worse. He set the bar so high for himself, right? But, Mike, when you really look back, Gojo, when you look back at last year, he had a really good season. Like, he did. Yes. He had a really good by, – by anyone else's standards, yeah. Tom Brady had a really good season. And I think if you put him in San Francisco and it's George Kittle and it's McCaffrey and it's Ayuk and it's Debo Samuel and it's that system and that coach with that defense – and maybe Gronk comes back for one more run. And then you have Gronk. <laughs> and then you have Gronk and George Kittle, which is like Hernandez and, and, and Gronk, you know. I think there is some sort in his mind. And I'm not saying this is going to happen. But in his mind, he's like, all right, I'll put the work in. I don't have to put as much work in as I used to. But I put the work in with this team, enough work in with this team. And we're going to find ourselves at the very least in the NFC Championship game. It's the easier path, easier conference. I could just see it happening. I'm not saying it's eminent. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I could see as the season gets closer, Tom says, hey, you know what? I can pull it off here. That's all. Stugatz, what do you think you'd be more confident in, Tom Brady coming back and doing that or the Jets actually landing Aaron Rodgers? Oh, God. Have you bought into that at all? I haven't really looked into what the source of all of that reporting is other than the Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett and everyone for the last two off seasons has thought that might be a gateway into getting Aaron to look your way the way Denver thought it would work. Well, no, you know what it's like, Ojo? It's like, hey, let's go get DeAndre Jordan. And if you do, you get Kevin Durant. Heady <laughs> <laughs> play. But, but uh, is your, is your right. whole – Stu, though, is you and Jet fans' whole offseason, is it like – Get Aaron Rodgers. I mean, because you don't have a quarterback. So, I mean, what what from a Jets fan perspective is it? And if it's not Aaron Rodgers, you know, get Derek Carr. Get get somebody. Is is that where you guys are? Mike, let's clarify things. Okay, let's clarify one thing. We don't have a good quarterback. Okay, we have quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, right. right. <laughs> the only one good. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. We're. I mean, what else do we have to root for? I mean, other than Aaron Rodgers, I will tell you that that we haven't had many great moments, many great spans, but one of the great spans and one of the great moments of my lifetime as a Jet fan was the 11-game, 8-3 and three start of Brett Favre. It was a glorious time, uh, and I'm willing to go through that again, and I will give whatever we have to give. 
just to go eight and three and not make the playoffs, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but no, Mike, I, I think it's such a good fit. I think Joe Douglas, and I do believe it's going to happen uh, for a couple of different reasons that I'll get to in a second. But I think Joe Douglas has, uh, has done such a good job of putting together. Now, he hasn't landed the quarterback, uh, but he's done such a good job of getting everything else that he has made that team attractive to someone like Aaron Rodgers, where he'd be willing to go there to play because the defense is good. They're young. The receivers are good. They're young. Brees Hall will be back next year. He proved to be a, yes. a very good running back. I think he likes Robert Sala. I know he loves Nathaniel Hackett. And so I think Rodgers views that. And listen, and here's the other thing. He has lived in Green Bay, Wisconsin for the last 15 years. Does everyone know how fucking boring it is in Green <laughs> Bay, Wisconsin? And now he has a chance to go to New York City. A bit more exciting. Um, and the bar is set so low for that organization. He goes to San Francisco. He has to win a Super Bowl. Yes. He goes to the Jets. They'll be happy if he gets to the second round of the playoffs. Heck, they'll be happy if they go in as a wild card and lose in the first <laughs> round. The bar is set so low there. So, yes, I do believe that's a that's a place that Aaron Rodgers would, would agree to go to if the Jets came up with the right deal. I did an interview a few days ago, and I can't believe the person mentioned me. They said, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, are they the favorite in the AFC? Like, no. No, they're not the favorite in the AFC. They're, they've upped their level, but they're right. not the favorite in the – I'm not putting them ahead of Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. Those you're, are you're the doing- – well, you're doing that because of the quarterback play, right? And I, I don't blame yes. you, but but in Aaron Rodgers' mind, he probably says to himself, "Like I think a lot of people think, hey, Aaron, go to the NFC or stay in the yeah, NFC." Yeah. I don't think the I don't think a guy who's considered one of the great quarterbacks of all time thinks about, "Hey, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, all those guys." I think he thinks, "Hey, if I go there, we become better. We become the favorite." Oh, I'm I think sure that's he does. Aaron Rodgers thinks. Yeah, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers thinks that as well. I just don't think that's you don't the agree. truth. I, <laughs> right. I I do think it becomes really interesting because, like Stu Gotts brought up, and with where they're drafting this year, I've seen them you know mock drafts having them take one of the Ohio State wide receivers again in the first round. So now you pair one of those mutants with Garrett Wilson, who's already there, Brees Hall, who I think was on track to win Offensive Rookie of the Year the way that he was playing for the first six agree. games. Yeah. And then the defense on the other side, if you can get that to hold year over year, that front seven, especially that they had, life can change for you in a hurry. Like we're talking about a Buffalo team that's going to be doing some soul searching this offseason that had a little bit of attrition towards the end of the year with the Josh Allen injury, with the offense regressing a little bit defensively. They were a shell of themselves by the time they got to the postseason. So Looking at the bones there, now that Rob Sala, as a coach, sowed a lot of progress in year two, right? Because I feel like you guys could appreciate this. As a head coach, your background can't be the weakness on the team, right? If you're a defensive-minded head coach, you can't come in and have a shitty defense. It's how you get fired. Right. Nathaniel Hackett's offense pissed all over itself in Denver, and they <laughs> fired himself after a year. In the Jets, at least Rob Sala got the defense. Like, okay, we see why we brought you over from San Francisco. You've got this side of the ball down cold. Now, if you had the quarterback on the other side, this was already a team that was kind of flirting with aspirations during this year when you had Mike Bleeping White playing quarterback looking like the second coming. Uh, Mike, I think when you look at the handful of teams and say which teams are, are a quarterback away, literally the Jets are, I think, the feeling is the Jets are, are a quarterback away. I'm not certain there's there's another team that has that feel. Maybe San Francisco. 
But the Jets are a quarterback away, Mike, from being a really competitive team. Oh, I agree. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. I, listen, I agree. I just, I just, if Aaron goes there, I'm not all of a sudden saying they're the favorite in the AFC, but they're definitely a quarterback away. And can I quickly ask, basically a week before the Super Bowl, why in God's green earth name are we talking about the Jets? Oh, my well, God. What do you mean? They're putting a deal together. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. What do you mean? That's a, what, what else do you want to talk about? The Pro Bowl? I mean, oh, I, I do feel like the Pro Bowl is now venturing into into territory where they need to bring Stu Gotts on as a consultant. That is one thing you. that I've been thinking or about. Or a commentator. Well, yes. I see Stu Gotts and Barkley to me would be the dream Pro Bowl commentary team. That's no disrespect. Dan Orlovsky, Laura Rutledge, Ryan Clark, they're all going to do a phenomenal <laughs> job. But I feel like in a world with all these simulcasts, you yeah. just need to put Barkley and Stu Gotts in a room, give them a few packs of heaters, and then just clear out. I agree. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with all due respect, I mean, Laura Rutledge is probably going to disagree with you. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> probably going to. Yeah. She's, she's fantastic in her job. She yeah. probably thinks she's more deserving. Oh, yeah, uh, but you put her on E1. You put you guys on E2. A little bit little bit different <laughs> feel. Looser vibe. Why, why? Is Barkley doing something with the Pro Bowl? No. Is he indeed doing something? No, he's not. No, no, I just feel like he could do something with everything. You kind of plop it, him in. And after you, you I saw him, him on the match, in, he was great. Remember yeah. when he was on the one in between one of the intermissions and at a hockey game one time they put him on. It was, was great. And he was yes. phenomenal. I know. Phenomenal. Yeah. I, I don't I don't normally tune in. I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to watch this game in particular because of the announcers. But, man, if Barkley's doing something, when they put him on, when he does all the matches, you know, with those golfers and stuff, he's gold. I mean, he's yeah. he is the one guy you say, you know what, I'm going to tune in to listen to that. I uh, – <laughs> I think especially with this year, because I saw the players warming up. They're doing like the longest drive yes, and a bunch yeah. of other stuff. Like, I feel like it just needs to either turn. I always said the Pro Bowl needed to be a five-on-five pickup hoops game. But if you turned it into a hyper-competitive golf match with just rampant gambling from all the players, <laughs> like the match but even more unhinged, then you bring in Stu Gotts as the ultimate commentator because who would know that better than you, Stu? That's the uh, well, right. I'm doing it today. I mean, <laughs> right after we're done. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Uh, we'll get into that in a second here. Um, I think that's a spot for me and Barkley is the match. That's and I've tried. Like I've tried to get on those broadcasts uh, where it's me and Barkley doing the match. That's where I think. That's where I think it could have a lot of fun. Um, I didn't get it. Barkley did. I, I think you guys should be in the match. I think you two and two other golfers should actually be should actually be playing. In the match. I'm not good enough at golf, man. I should be better the amount I play. But I think that's gonna... I think that's the fun of it. I'd, I'd rather right. not get you know scratch golfers or you know yeah guys the best with three handicap. Let's, the let's best get guys part of the fit. match was watching Tom Brady go and look like shit out on yes. the course. He, yeah, he looked, right. looked human. Yeah. So I I say. Get a match with any everybody who's like a thirteen plus handicap. You know, right. let them go have a match and see how that all works out. While you're gambling <laughs> on all the shots, I mean, it's not like closest to the pin. It's like on a par four, fifty thousand. You get actually get it in the fucking fairway. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'd be so nervous I know, if someone I had know. fifty thousand on me just to get I it in know. the fairway. Oh I, my I, God. I played in a uh, I played in a uh, pro am the Houston pro am one time. And I think it was with Gary Woodland and, and Greeny and I were playing and we're playing like a par four and we're like one, I don't know, one something out, you know, a decent iron to, to get in. And there's water all along the right hand side. And, and I'm sitting there next to Gary and Greeny's ready to hit. And I said, <laughs> maybe this was a dick move. I said, 
Greedy, 50 bucks, you put it in the water. <laughs> He's like, come on, Mike. He said, no. I said, I thought we gambled what we He goes, those aren't the kind of gambling things you do. Sure enough, he put it right in the water. He was so pissed at me. <laughs> it might be a dick thing to do. Oh, yeah, I know. I guess, I guess it was. Well, Woodland loved it. He was laughing his ass off. Of course, uh, yeah. at, Wood, at Woodland, like when you play next to a PGA player, yeah, Mike, it's yeah. like the most impressive thing ever. It's incredible. Their, their shots it, yes. are cannon shots off the tee. It's so much fun. Yeah. So I can tell you guys, the first time I played with Greeny, I told him what my handicap was. I, th- I told at the time, it's the only time I played with Greeny, I told him it was uh, like a 16 or a 17. And, uh, and we teed off. Now, I play from the blues. Greeny plays from the whites. He plays a little bit closer than I play. I did not know that. So when we got to the course, I said, we're playing from the blues, right? And he said, no, we're playing from the whites. And I said, you're going to give me my original handicap then, right? He said, yeah, sure. And within two holes, Greedy was so upset with me. He's like, you're not a 16. You're not a 16. You're not a 16. You fudged your handicap. Of course you did. You still got it. Yeah, and I got, like, really, just like hyperventilating. And I'm like, right. Mike, forget the bet. Yeah. Let's just fucking play golf and yeah. stop crying. Okay? Oh, <laughs> I mean, he has a point. If there's anyone whose handicap I would oh, trust yeah. less than yours, Stugatz, oh. I think the only person might be my dad's. He yeah. might be the only bigger sandbagger out there than you. Either that's that- just because he yeah. started playing more recently. Either that or Patrick Reed, one of the three. I don't know. Right. Oh, yeah, Patrick <laughs> Reed. Mike, what's the most amount of money? So sometimes me and my friends, and that will be the case later this afternoon, uh, we like to jack up the prices so high because we want to try to simulate what the pressure must feel like on the PGA Tour. <laughs> now, I use that as a convenient excuse for having a gambling problem. Um, but... What's the most amount of money you've ever played for at a golf course? Like something that would make you nervous. Oh, I, I, I've never played for that much. And, and the thing about it is I don't know enough of the diff, different gambling things that are done. I basically, at the end of the round, I just say, who do I owe money to or who owes me money? <laughs> I, and right. I think the most I've ever lost is a couple hundred bucks and the most I've ever won is a couple hundred bucks. So, right. you know, the whole thing about that to simulate you know, golf and the pressure, it would have to be an amount of money that we would all be uncomfortable with, right? Just like you go to the casino with more money than you want to would make you nervous to lose more than you feel you can lose. So, Stu got wait, Stu got are you willing to say a number out loud that you've bet lost on the golf course? Well, I will. I'm willing to say what we're about to gamble today. All right, um, and then you can kind of you can kind of go from there. But Mike, what is the most you bet at the uh, at the blackjack table? Like, a, is there an amount that makes you nervous when you're there? Well, it all depends on if I have their money or if I'm trying to make up my own money. Like right. when I've had their money, the most I've ever bet on a hand was three thousand dollars. Right, that will make you nervous. <clears throat> yeah, and it made even yeah. though it was their money, it was a night I was doing incredibly well. Probably one of my right. best nights ever. Normally, right. I wa- I lose a few hundred or I win a few hundred. This one was just going the right way. So at one point, I had mostly their money. I was like, "Fuck it!" I just pushed three thousand dollars up there. Of course, I lost. You know, right. but it was it was wild to do. I remember one of the first times I met. Uh, I did um, the the professional football players did arm wrestling. Right. And they did it with the pros. They, they not against the pros. They did it like amongst themselves while the pros had a tournament as well. It's actually very cool. It was a lot of fun. I'm sure. And Jonathan Ogden was was one of the football players. And I walked in and it was in Vegas and I walked in one of the casinos and and he saw me. and We were just talking. 
He was playing blackjack, turning to the side, talking to me, betting like 5,000 a hand. I'm just looking at it going, holy shit, dude, what are you, you're just casually talking to me and just putting it up there, sometimes yeah. winning, sometimes losing. I'm like, man, I would love to be in that position someday. Wow. Yeah, it's bleep you, it's bleep you money. That's oh, what it yeah. is. But yeah. He doesn't care about it. He's just there, right? He's going through the motions, just pushing chips out. That was amazing. Just a slow Tuesday for J.O. Wait, yeah. so if you, like being up three, that, that's the definition of house money, what you did, Mike. Yes, I'm up a yes. lot of money, here's yes. 3000 okay? If you want to feel alive, be down 3000 no. and bet 3000 yeah. <laughs> when, when you're trying to make it up, when you're trying to, when you're trying to get it all, instead of, instead of kind of just, you know, chipping away at it, you try and get it all back in one. Next thing you know, you're 6000 in the hole and you're going, shit. Yeah, yeah it, it can uh, be tough. Gojo, where do you want me to go here? You want exact amounts? I can't name names. My friends will be very upset with me. Oh no, I don't want you to. Na- I don't want you to name amounts. names. I I just want to know what amount we're dealing with here. So so we do this once a month, Mike, because again, we want to feel what it's like to be on the PGA tour. <laughs> oh, I'm sure this is it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure when you finish the round, you're like, boy, it's just like walking off Augusta. I, I, would, yeah, love, least, I would love to see the BAC of the average tour yeah, player and yeah. the BAC of you guys at the end of this round. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll go. And again, we do this. We'll try to get 36 in, but the sun goes down uh, a little bit earlier than it used to. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, <laughs> I mean, you should see it during a summer day, Gojo. <laughs> It will never end until, until we're all even. Um, so we do. So Mike, we have. I have three friends. We'll break up into two teams. It will be five thousand dollars per side. Okay. So whichever team wins front nine, five. Whichever team wins the back five. Total ten for the eighteen, and then we have a hundred dollars per person per skip. So see, that's that, where I get the, lost. With carryovers, okay? So we start at 400. If we tie, it goes to 800. If we tie, it goes to 1600. If it ties, it goes to 3200, <laughs> so on and so forth. And there's a lot of tying going on. So oh. you have kind of like a little individual game snuck into the middle of what's a big team game, which is two on two. See, that as because you're right, like I as you started mentioning it, my blood pressure started going up because it's a lot of money. You get into some clutch putts down at the end, yeah, and you can absolutely get that feeling. Because my original thought was to get the feeling of being one of the pros and to really get me ratcheted up and my heart rate up. All you got to do is put a gallery, put a few people on either well, side of the tee box yeah. when I'm teeing off there. And I'm mm-hmm. so worried about killing them that I am all of a sudden feeling that like that to me is the pressure I associate with the pros is you've got other people around you that you've got to worry about, but $10,000 might do the same thing. It, it is such a great point and a fair, like such a great point by you. Now I know your dad has played in golf tournaments where there are galleries, but the first time I did it was Lake Tahoe and I was a wreck. And, and oh. Mike, I know you're going out there this summer with me. Yeah. We're going to play together. Yeah. I'm telling you, I don't know where you played and what tournaments you played. Small galleries. There are large galleries at Lake Tahoe. They're out there to see not me and you, Mike Mahomes and Kelsey. Right. But they are big, big galleries nonetheless. The it's my biggest fear. 
No, I had yeah. a gallery like in the like <laughs> at uh, at uh, Monday after the Masters. Mike, you were there hooting the blowfish. There's there's a gallery there. They have, they have people there at the Houston Open when we played in the pro am. There was a gallery there, and luckily I got through it. But it was really only on the first hole. I heard a Tahoe. There's just crowds everywhere. It's and, crazy. And it without a doubt is the thing that will scare me the most. Now I'll be I'll be less worried if I slice one over to the beach and hit somebody there because those people are it feels like they're gonna all be too drunk to feel it um, yeah, yeah but 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 i i without question Stu, that is the thing that scares me the most that these people will line up for my shot somewhere thinking that i know what the hell i'm doing and i'm gonna be like you people are you're screwed i mean move yes. away move yes. away i'm going to hit you yeah. There's a 60, a par three there where thousands of people are oh. just gathered around. They're there to like, it's like the waste management open. Right. Which is to mock you, in right? Arizona. Yeah. They are there to mock you. Yeah. Like relentlessly. And I don't mind okay? that. I mean, I, I really don't have a problem with that. I just don't want to hit them. Oh, no. You go there, you do a shot with them, you <laughs> right. have a drink with them, you hang right. out. It's great. It's a great scene. And of all the people we were there with, I, I, re I shanked one to the left. I was drunk. I was nervous. They're mocking me. Greg Cody stuck one 10 feet from the Did hole. Wow. Really? Now wow. it grounded up there. I mean, it was a ground ball. So who cares? And how it starts. No, how it finishes. No, numbers, not pictures. Numbers, oh, not pictures. Yeah. Greg Cody, yes. that beautiful bastard. Oh, wait, he's the best. Wait, uh, Stu Gatz, you mentioned. Gojo, is that enough to make you nervous, by the way? The numbers I was just floating? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it makes oh. me nervous, too. Oh, yeah. my God. As I was saying it, I'm kind of thinking to myself, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> is this is like like thank God Abby like doesn't listen to what you like put out content wise anymore. I'd imagine she'd be furious. Well, she just doesn't listen. Um like and I, I try to dial back. I'm doing it again right now because she is like three yeah. rooms away. She heard I it. Tried. <laughs> she heard it. She probably knows, right, Mike? So wait, is it five grand a person or five grand a team? Five grand a team. For All the right, front so it's nine. costing the, you five thousand total for the front and back, and then whatever for the skins in between, right? So I would lose, Mike, if you do it fifty-fifty. If I lost yeah. everything today, I can't, I can't account. But sometimes you get into things where, hey, I want to win the skin after yes. my teammate, yes, uh, which is the beauty of it. <laughs> <laughs> which is a really bad time to have Stu Gatz on your yeah. team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 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 five split twenty-five. Twice five, and then yeah, ten grand. Like, yeah, <laughs> I could. I, I could also win it. You can I mean, also win it, right? That's yes, the beauty of it. Yes, yeah, yes, good for you. Yes, oh my yeah, god, we'll, we'll see. Stugatz, uh, you brought up waste management. Uh, we are uh, getting ready to head out to Arizona for Super Bowl week next week. Waste management is also the same week. Now, Stugatz, you are you going this time around? Because I know for you guys. You haven't often like gone to Radio Row with the Levitard show over the years when it was in Miami. I remember seeing you finally get to go to Radio Row for the first time since I'd been going to Super Bowls. And yep. it was the most glorious like artist <laughs> painting in their preferred medium that I've ever seen. So are you going yes. this year? Are you excited? Where are we at? I am going this year. Um, it's funny. We don't go to the one that's in Miami, but we do go to the one that's in Arizona. <laughs> what, a, what a weird show. I, mean, um, I am going. Uh, the time you saw me there, Mike, I felt right at home. It's in my wheelhouse. Um, I hold court on Radio Row. 
I love Radio Row. There's a buzz to it. There's a feel to it. I love our industry. I love seeing old friends. I love going on shows that I'm invited on. I love going on shows I'm not invited on. I love acting like I know everyone, even if I don't know them. Um, I, I'm walking now. I am doing a tour where I'm promoting nothing but your dad. Okay. Your dad is promoting six different products on Radio Row. I hope to have him on for each of the six products. <laughs> but I am just going to go to be in my element. So me and Billy Gill, one of our camera guys, Danny, will be out there. Um, I know we'll be doing some stuff with you, Gojo. We'll be doing some stuff uh, with Mike, with your dad as well. Uh, and so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. I think it's the perfect spot uh, for Super Bowl. You have the waste management in town. That's such a fun tournament. The, it's such a great Super Bowl, Eagles and Chiefs, uh, and the Golics are there. I mean, this is like heaven to me. Are that, you getting my going? That is true. <laughs> Dad, Dad <laughs> this is the perfect Super Bowl for you because as much as Stu yes. Gotts loves all that stuff, you just love getting to sleep in your home at night. And so this yes. is also the perfect Super Bowl for you. Yeah, I think this is about my 26th or 27th Super Bowl, and only two have been – well, no, actually, when it was here last time, we didn't have the, the place here. So this is really the first time where I'm just at home uh, being able to sleep in my own bed. Yes, I'm I'm very much looking forward to that because uh, I slept on a lot of shitty beds over the years. But uh, mm-hmm. I think the weather's going to be great, by the way, Stu. And, Mike, you're out on the West Coast anyway. You know it. Well, Stu, you're in Miami. The weather's nice. But coming yes. up on next weekend, it's supposed to be like 75, 77. I awesome. mean, it is going to be really, really nice to uh, to hit the links and hit the parties. Yeah, uh, Mike, you surprised your dad's only promoting six uh, six products. I was going to ask. Six. I was going to ask him to rank them. Which is your favorite product that you're getting ready to promote oh, next week? Please I, do that. I, I think uh, I will not do that, but I think you'll know. He loves them how, all equally. Yeah. You, no, 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 <laughs> I don't. And I could love oh, more. No, yeah. yeah. No, no, I don't. And I think you know what separates them. Yeah. Oh, I think I do, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a hierarchy. All right. <laughs> There's people who get way more love than others. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you see, if you hear my dad talking a little bit more excited about one thing versus the yeah, other, yeah. you can trace that directly back to the source of the exact same thing that's driving Stu Gotts on the golf course to feel more like a pro. The, the, the toughest thing is, you know, what we always have to do is whenever you go on a show, you got to give a pick and I can't give a pick. Because right. I'm, I'm calling the game, so that makes I it can't. easy. What are you talking about? You have oh, the know, best. But, but, you have the best gig going around know, Super Bowl but, week. You can't be wrong. But people right. usually get a little bummed when you can't give it. You know, they're looking at we we did this all the time. You get every guest you have on to give a pick, and you have that all. But I can never give a pick. So, but but you're right. From my side of it, I love it. So I never, well, I never y- have to worry y- you about. You know it. what? I mean, listen. God forbid the radio hosts that are on Radio Row have to get a little bit creative with Mike Golick Senior. Okay, and yeah. not asking for his pick. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do some work, people. Might be asking too much, too. <laughs> Stu, guys, how many different picks will you give out during the yeah. course of the week in Radio Row? Oh yeah, every no, every other table gets gets a different. Like every table, I'll go table to table. Okay. It will be Chiefs. It will be Eagles. It will be Chiefs. It will be Eagles. Different scores. Be Chiefs, be Thirty to and seven. At least half the markets yeah. I'm on in, I look like a genius. You yeah, know? that's exactly right. <laughs> oh, exactly. Stu Gott's going on with local Philly stations, just pandering his ass off like Nick Sirianni. It'll be perfect. <laughs> I don't like Philly. Philly's the one place. <laughs> like, I'm going to pick when I go on in Philly. I'm going to pick Kansas City. 
by a lot. Oh, and boy. when I go on to Kansas City, I'm going to pick Philly by a lot. Right. Stu Gatz, you feel like the prime candidate. Unfortunately, this would involve a lot of travel, but I feel like you could pay somebody off to go and be the person that puts the Chiefs the Chiefs jersey on the Rocky statue in Philadelphia oh. since everyone's doing that now. I would love to do that. I really would. Oh, I'd hate for you to get caught doing that. That would go end badly for you. Do you think? Oh, in Philly? Because yeah. they're so warm and fuzzy over there. Yeah, they bounce. They would bounce you off the statue. <laughs> uh, I would like to do that. Uh, so wait, that happens, Mike. Explain that to Junior. Explain that to me. What happens? So some, they they put they put Chief jerseys so on the Rocky statue. There's been this. There's been this trend going around, and it's not been an every week thing. But I believe the Giants, the Vikings, and then last week the um, the Forty ers had all had fans go to Philadelphia and put their team's jersey on the Rocky statue, and everyone who's done it has lost. Now, I heard Jason Kelsey on him and his brother's podcast say that he thinks it's an inside job. He thinks this is a Philadelphia fan doing this to stir up shit, get the team fired up, and then have them go out and stop it. He doesn't think an opposing fan base at this point would be dumb enough to go and try and deface the statue, but that's what's been happening. Um, that's interesting. Um, all right. I want to do it. I, I think it, so. So if the chiefs win, I go to the Rocky statue and I put a Jersey. No, you got to do it before the game. Before, before that's the, the whole game. idea is oh, yeah, but I got to fly. I got to fly to Philly first, then to Arizona. No, yeah. Stugatz, this is what I mean. This is where I think you've got a better way here is you just pay off. The Stugatz army is out there. They are willing. Yeah, I'm sure you've got someone it. in Philadelphia that you could okay. get under cover of darkness to go and then put the, uh, put the chief jersey on the rocky statue for you oh, okay i am going to i actually know i have the perfect person to do this for me i don't <laughs> even need to solicit one <laughs> i have a good friend in philadelphia who would be more than happy to do this for like 25 dollars? oh there you go <laughs> yeah. there we go see Stu got perfect bit of pro, uh, podcast cross promoting is the new heights podcast with the kelsey brothers is hotter than fish grease right now it's fantastic they're yeah. blowing up they're having a great year so you go and you put the 87 travis kelsey jersey Fun. on the statue and then yes. you feed into the conspiracy theory that they had on that podcast you collect maybe you leave a little god bless football note on there or something like that and call it a day It'd be great if I get Travis in on it, right? Like, Ooh. <laughs> how about that? There we go. By the way, do that. That's Tra- who I'm reaching out to right after the show. <laughs> Travis, <laughs> Travis Kelsey is urging uh, Chiefs fans to not do that. There has been oh, shit. There has been a Patriots jersey on it, a Giants jersey, a 49ers t-shirt. Um, someone put Mike Allstott's jersey on the Rocky statue, Tampa Respect. Bay. So, yeah, there, it's, there's been a few times it's been dressed up. That's for sure. Did you guys see the outrage in New York City when they put the Eagles colors on the yeah. Empire State Building? Why would they I, do that? I, I, I don't know. I totally understand why New Yorkers, they don't care about Kansas City. Yeah. They don't care. They, there are two cities that New York wants nothing to do with, okay? And as far as they're concerned, New Yorkers are concerned, that's their building, okay? They should control the lights that go on that building. One of them is Boston. The other is yeah, Philadelphia. Without a doubt. I, 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 I don't know whoever made that decision. Now, here's my theory, Mike, that New York City has been sitting on those green lights forever, and they never get to use them for the Jets. 
So they used it for Philadelphia. They finally had an opportunity. I mean. Wow. Oh, you know what? And perfect crime by them. The, the, the Empire State Building's Twitter account went up like 100,000 followers after that. So this is just yeah. the no publicity is bad publicity idea from them. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, but I do understand why New Yorkers were upset with that. You can't. Oh, no, me you too. Can't. I, I, right. I can't believe that they did that. And I can't believe whoever did that may still have a job, quite honestly. Yeah, well, was, make no mistake about it. New York is rooting against Philadelphia. Without a doubt. Court. And you're right. Yes. Philly and Boston, they want nothing to do with them. Nothing. Oh, yeah. Can well, I ask you a question, Mike? For, you played there. Like, what happens if Jalen Hurts has a bad game? Like he's had an MVP type season. Are the like is it going to be one bad moment and that's how fickle that fan base is? Well, I mean, they'll turn on Jalen Hurts that quickly. They'll, they'll basically turn to prove it. You know, you're going to get he's going to get the big he's going to get big money. Right. Uh, he deserves it. He played extremely well, but then it's going to be all right. You want to you got the big money. You want to be considered one of the top quarterbacks. You got to get us over the top. You got to win a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, there, there's no doubt that's what the expectation will be if he, they don't win and he doesn't play well. Because let's be honest, he didn't play very well against the 49ers. It, no. you know? So you got two quarterbacks, one with a shoulder, one with an ankle. Now Mahomes played pretty damn well, even on the bad ankle. So, you know, for Eagle fans, you know they're hoping Hurts not only isn't hurting uh, as much, but, but plays better. I think that you mentioned the thing that screwed it up for everyone. Mahomes has become the Nick Saban of the NFL, where he's created such an unrealistic expectation of what you're supposed to be able to do normally, what you're supposed to be able to do hurt after doing that in the postseason last week. Like if Jalen Hurts went out and had another game similar to what happened in the NFC Championship, that would honestly be expected given the fact that it's his shoulder, given the fact that they rely on him to be a big part of that run game, and given the fact that a lot of their passing game is, hey, take advantage of some deep shots with Devonta Smith and with A.J. Brown. And so if that is a little bit off, it would be pretty understandable given the injury. But we do the thing, and we did this with Baker Mayfield, where after a while, once you're out there, we forget about the injury. We don't factor yep. that into the way that we analyze these things. Nope. Right. If, you're, if you're out there on the field, don't want to hear about the injury. That's kind of how yeah. it goes. And, you know, everybody talking about, well, the player nuts it up. And that, well, a lot of players do. There, there isn't one player on either team that's 100% right now. It's just a varying degree of how bad you're hurting. And you just you go out and you play, man, because that's what you do. You just go play. It, uh, it, it, it's interesting because we were, uh, Dan and I were discussing this. Uh, if Mahomes, if he gets a second Super Bowl here, that's, that's two Super Bowls, three appearances, five AFC championship games, a couple of MVPs two Super Bowl MVPs. That's the greatest start in NFL history for a quarterback, right? Easily. And, it, I mean, it It puts him on the track where we can start to have conversations, if he wins this one, saying, can he end up challenging Brady? Because right. he's done it right. all young enough to where we can look. And he's weathered the change already, right? They had to change that offense. A lot of parts yeah. around him are different from the first Chiefs Super Bowl team, and it's had to change the way he's played, the way he's adjusted, where we could absolutely track this and say he's the one guy that would have a chance of trying to pass what Brady has done. Maybe not overall Super Bowls. Maybe he won't get to eight or even get to seven, or even get to six. But if he gets ballpark with all the other things he's doing, he could have a greatest of all time claim. It'll be interesting, but but he is the one. There, there's no doubt. There's no other quarterback to point to uh, with what he's already accomplished. That can catch Brady. That, that could catch Brady, right. That's right. exactly right. And, and we don't even know if Mahomes can, obviously. He's got yeah. a long, 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 long way to go, but you can't say that he's not on the right track. That's for sure. 
Gojo, what's the party scene for you? I, I feel like your party scene and me and your dad's party scene are vastly different. Real different. I mean, Stugatz, yeah. I say this. I, every I agreed year. to go to a cigar party with your dad. Like that means you're home by nine. I know. I'm home. coming. I'm coming yeah. with you guys. That's my plan oh, too. Right, but that's the start for you. It's the end for me and your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Stugatz, I've said this like. This I've gone to every Super Bowl since the one in Houston. So I don't know if it's six now or what it is, the number of, of Super Bowls that I've gone to. I still have not gotten better at navigating the party scene. I don't know how people get into these things. Every year, I just sort of like shoehorn my way in with one of my infinitely more popular or fam- actually famous friends and find mm-hmm. a way in there. But it's always drawing it up in the dirt. I've got no plays for Super Bowl week. I just show up and I freestyle the hell out of this thing. And nine out of ten times i end up drunker than i want to be later than i want to be only this year now i'm doing a podcast so i can show up and do this in the middle of the day versus god the atlanta super bowl where i was doing four to six a.m into six to ten a.m three of the days of the week and then going out because i was like you know 28 29 at that point going out Mm -hmm. and getting pissed drunk every night and waking up at two in the morning again i i literally shed tears on the flight home leaving atlanta i was so happy to be done with Super Bowl week. <laughs> well, that, that was a thing that stopped me for years from going out is the fact mornings. That morning yeah. show. Yeah. Oh, but, yes. uh, and now it's just a fact that just like I went to last year, it was at, at SoFi. I was in LA. I went to Shaq's Fun House, that party. And it was massive. It was awesome. But I didn't stay that long. I mean, it's fun for a younger crowd or a more hipper 60 year old than me. I walked around for a while, walked, looked at people, and was like, boy, this is pretty cool. They had entertainment. And then I'm like, oh, shit, 1030? I got to get the hell out of here, man. It's getting late. <laughs> that, that late, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Woo, man, am I out late. Oh, my God, I better get going, you know? And that party hadn't even ramped up yet. The NFLPA party every year doesn't start till like 11 or midnight. Oh, it's the like, hell out of here. Why, there's no chance I could go to that thing. Stu <laughs> this will tell you everything you need to know about me and the people that I hang out with. So I went to the NFLPA party uh, with Kyle Rudolph, good friend of all of ours here, good friend mm-hmm. of weekend observations from back in the day. And yep. when, when it was down in Miami, we went to the NFLPA party with Kyle, his wife, and our buddy Dane, one of our other teammates from college who was down there. We were there for about 25 minutes. It was loud, it was dark, and we couldn't get as much food and drink as we wanted to readily. So we left and went and had a sit-down dinner in a Miami Taco Bell that night. <laughs> yep. We were crushing cheesy gordita crunches and quesadillas inside this Miami Taco Bell at about 11, 11. 30 and then all went home and went to bed i mean the, the, i in my opinion now again people are gonna say i'm old and crotchy but even when i started doing this i was in my early 30s after i retired starting to work at espn those parties i mean they're too crowded and just as you said mike you can't get drinks and food steady at a, at a steady enough pace to hold my interest they're right. just but but everybody says oh it's a place you got to be you know, you got to be at the EA Sports. You got to be at the Sports Illustrated. You got to be at, uh, you know, Shaq's Funhouse. You got to be at Gronk's thing. You yeah. know, the Maxim party. You got to be, which I will. I'm sure some of them are fun, but I mean, yeah, just a little too crowded for me. I will tell you the one, and Stu Gatz, I feel like you're the guy to help me out with this one here. 
Gronk Beach. How we doing on Saturday? I feel like you know some people that know some people. I I feel like you know we could we could make this Gronk Beach thing happen. I don't know some people, but I know you that know some people. So I figure you can be the one that helps me get to Gronk Beach. And I'm certain you're referring to Chris Gronkowski, and you would think that would be the guy I go through, but it's not. I have learned it's Bobby Goons. Now (laughs) you don't need to know about Bobby Goons. There's no reason to discuss Bobby Goons. Uh, Gronk is lucky to have a Bobby Goons in his life. I'm convinced that when Rob makes the Hall of Fame, it will be Bobby Goons giving the Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> Bobby Goons helping him present his bust in Canton. Bobby Goons has been a guest on God Bless Football. He goes wherever <laughs> Rob goes. It is the greatest thing ever. Wow. But, Mike, I will tell you this. Uh, I, I do have access for you, Junior, okay? Again, your dad and I will be long asleep by the time this party <laughs> launches. Uh, if you want to go to the Maxim party, I got you, okay? It's Saturday night before the Super Bowl, and I got you VIP if you want to go. Wow. Okay? All right. Of course yeah. he wants to go. I mean, okay. <laughs> you're doing the absolute right thing by not asking me because there's no chance on God's Oh, no, Mike. I, I, had you, I had me and you down for a little steak dinner that night. That's probably about <laughs> it. A nice, a nice early bird, right about 5, 530. Five. But, but I mean, where where the, the Gronks is, Mike, it, it's 15 minutes from our house here at Talking Stick. They, they have it going on. They have Gronks party. They have Shaq's Fun House. Steve Aoki, the DJ, he has a night there as well. And there's one more night. I mean, they are oh. going to be just. Steve, Steve Aoki mind. throws cake at people in the crowd. That's my goal get hit by cake. There you yeah, go. Yeah, Gojo, I got you covered on all things Gronk. Anything going on there, I have you covered, okay? Between Mojo, Chris Gronkowski, and of course, the great Bobby Goons. <laughs> the great Bobby. I need to meet this Bobby Goons fella. Listen, you don't call him Bobby Goons, Mikey. When you meet him, you say, ah, oh, the great Bobby Goons. The great, the great Bobby Goons. Like, yeah. Goons. The, 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 like Seinfeld, the maestro. You got to call him the maestro. <laughs> <laughs> the great Bobby Goons. Oh, uh, what a. What? I got you covered. Go, Joe. You're good. I got you. There we okay. go. Super Bowl week okay. is uh, is yes. going to be an adventure. Uh, God bless football. will be out there. Golik and Smetty will be out there. Gojo will be out there. And, of course, the great Bobby Goons. Uh, guys, <laughs> looking forward to seeing you all out in the desert. Should be a good one. Thanks, boys. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno classic crust pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings, and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno classic crust pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Brandon, by the way, before we get to this, that, and the third with three quick stories to finish off the day heading into Friday for everybody, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention we talked about LeBron and your Lakers off the top that LeBron is now, after the win against the Pacers last night, 63 points away from passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. According to ESPN Stats and Info, based on his scoring average this season, which is 30.1 points per game, which is insane, uh, he would pass Kareem on February 9th against the Bucks, assuming he doesn't miss any games with injuries or load management. So I know DraftKings Sportsbook has had the ability for you to bet on when LeBron can and will 
past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I believe the odds are still up there right now. And so, interesting to think about, man. Like, this was one of those records in sports that I'd imagine a lot of people thought would never get topped. And LeBron James, kind of like we saw with Brady, around long enough, been great long enough, and been making deep runs long enough to get himself within pretty easy shouting distance of this now. Yeah, I actually appreciate the comparison, Mike. Uh, Mike Francesa was on first take yesterday talking about Brady's retirement. And he said something that was pretty provocative, but I agree with, and it kind of rings true for LeBron. says, Tom Brady was not the best regular season quarterback he ever saw. Peyton Manning was. He said Tom Brady wasn't the best playoff quarterback he ever saw. Joe Montana was. Tom Brady is the most winningest and successful quarterback because he did it the longest and won the most games. And I feel like that's one of the things that's going to ring true for LeBron. Like his greatness is in his longevity, his greatness is in his uh, durability, his greatness in his ability to score, and he'll be the first person to tell you, little kid from Akron, scoring ain't even his first thing. He's trying to get the team involved. Yep, exactly. It's been really impressive for uh, LeBron's run there. So we're on the cusp of that. We'll have plenty of coverage of that as it'll probably happen during, you know, that'll be February 9th would be during Super Bowl week, so... Somehow, I think if LeBron James does something big enough, it'll manage to crack through the uh, malaise of Super Bowl week. But, uh, Brandon, let's finish this thing off right. Do you know what time it is? I do, Mike. And it's going to get crazy in here. You already know. Y'all going to make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' this, that, and the third Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me act a fool Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me lose my cool Up in here, up in Now if I get into you football fans, it's gotta be quick Are you at a fourth and four? Go, punt, quick! Go, that's you done, Rick, too quick What's up, what's up, what's Oh, you want some? Now, one, one, other what's up? Ain't that some, you know, Arizona remind me of a friends club because every time I come around, I just got to give a big hug. Boy, let me tell you, as much danger as you have flirted with in a long time, rest in power. <laughs> Mike, why is that song so problematic and so like, oh, yeah. aggressive? Deep, You have deeply. to jump around quite a bit. Yeah, no, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of landmine dodging you got to do on that thing bite right there. Um, if you think Brandon did it successfully, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. And Brandon, plenty of people have weighed in on that. Uh, the Holy Moose says, love the pod. Brandon, can you try some Led Zeppelin for this, that, and the third? I'd love to hear you Ooh. do Immigrant Song or Stairway to Heaven. Um, it's your boy Stairway TP. Stairway to Heaven is a long song. That is a long song. That's a that'd be a uh, that'd be a battle for you there. Um, no stairway denied. Um, it's your boy TP said between Brandon's impeccable this that and the third songs and Gojo's musical suggestion like Pretty Girl Walk. You guys have at least one song stuck in your de- head for the rest of the day after this podcast. <laughs> it's Money in the Bank. So giving the people what they need, Brandon. I appreciate that from you. Amen. I, I appreciate you for letting me. Uh, let's get to this, that, and the third, Brandon. Three quick ones to end the day. This one, we have been refreshing the timeline rapidly for the last day or so here. Depending on what time you listen to this podcast, news may have changed about this, but all we know as of right now is that former Notre Dame quarterback and current Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese 
was spotted leaving Notre Dame on a private jet heading to the University of Alabama. Uh, Chris Lowe from ESPN was first on reporting that Alabama is bringing Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese to Tuscaloosa yesterday on Thursday to interview him for the vacant offensive coordinator job. Reese is believed to be Nick Saban's top target to run the Crimson Tide offense. Um Brandon, we know Bill O'Brien left to go back to the Patriots. Uh, I believe they swung and missed on a couple of other guys that they lost. But Tommy Reese, uh, we will wait and see what that decision is. Again, we're recording this the night before. So if news breaks tomorrow, we will adjust to it tomorrow. But uh, this would be a pretty big one, man. There's there's no real other way to say it. Oh, no. I mean, huge, Mike. Obviously, we, we have our individual uh, relationships with Tommy. And, you know, we're going to root for him regardless. But... Ooh, I, I I felt seen in a way as a, as a Notre Dame alum to have Tommy even be interviewed by the Nick Saban to take over for Bill O'Brien over there uh, leading that offense. Oh, one thing I did see though that I'm pretty happy to see one of the South Bend Tribune writers said that if Tommy does decide to go to Alabama, it will not be for financial reasons, basically saying that whatever Alabama offers, Notre Dame is willing and ready to match. Yeah, I hope that's the case. Um, I believe that was Eric Hansen from the South Bend Tribune that said that one there. I hope that's the case. It'd be nice to see Notre Dame ponying up to stay in the race with assistants. We always hear now one of the biggest things in college football is your assistant pool, how much salary the university will allow you to accommodate for that group of assistants to make sure you're hiring the best. Uh, I'll say this. I'm super excited for Tommy either way. If he does get this opportunity, what an incredible one. We know going through Nick Saban's system there tends to be a great way to keep climbing the coaching ladder in the way that Tommy, I'm sure, as a competitor wants to keep doing, whether that's in college, whether that's in the NFL, where he also spent some time while he was cutting his teeth coming up through coaching. But as a former teammate, as a friend, as a guy we've known for a while, would be ecstatic for him either way. Obviously, would hate to see him leave Notre Dame, but... I'm going to root for Tommy to succeed anywhere he's been. You guys have heard me on this podcast plenty. I think he gets a raw deal from Notre Dame fans more often than not and has since he was a player. And, uh, you know, it's a situation now where you're right. It is very validating to see other people appreciate what we have believed to be a really, really good offensive coordinator while he's been at Notre Dame, despite what some people want to mention. But also just a, a very special football mind. Like, obviously, it's in his family. His father was a coach and was scouting for a very, very long time in the NFL. Uh, even when I was at Ball State, I got a chance to meet him and really talk to him. It's just a great family. Uh, couldn't happen to a better person. Obviously, it's just an interview. It's not just an interview. It's an interview in Alabama, but still, just uh, shout out trees. Yep, exactly. Pump for Tommy. Uh, Notre Dame on the other side, I I think, is going to be in a really good position to attract another really quality offensive coordinator if Tommy does leave. You've got quarterback in Sam Hartman who came over from Wake Forest who's pretty high up in the preseason Heisman odds. You're returning a couple of really, you know, a few really talented offensive linemen, including an All-American and Joe Alt at left tackle, deep running back room, some really promising transfers at other positions. So there's plenty to sell there if you're in Notre Dame, but definitely this late in the game, as we just got past that second signing period would certainly be jolting for everyone but either way love this love this attention for tommy however it ends up resulting again based on when you listen to this 
The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn five bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. That means as we lurch towards March Madness, you can try and figure out who's gonna win this whole thing. On the men's side, teams like UConn, Houston, and Purdue. On the women's side, South Carolina, Stanford, the Lady Irish and Notre Dame, or maybe Caitlin Clark's Iowa Hawkeyes finally get over the hump. Make the decision for yourself and head over and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code GOJO when you do. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code GOJO, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Brandon, let's get to that. Um... Another Notre Dame guy in the news, uh, Julian Love had the time. New York Giants safety and friend of the podcast, uh, Julian Love, was on with Good Morning Football the other day and was asked about the Philadelphia Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni, who mm-hmm. had beaten them in the divisional round most recently. He said, quote, he's a guy who's doing a good job because he's not getting in the way of his team. He's an experienced roster from top to bottom, offense, defense. And when the folks on Good Morning Football pushed him a little more for his reaction, when we saw Nick Sirianni nodding into the camera when they were beating the Giants in the postseason, Julian's response was, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. He's in for a free ride right now. You guys can coach this team. And he ended up doubling down on Twitter. He said, Philly fans sure don't like this one, LOL, but I'm not wrong. This is a player's league, and Philly has dogs on the roster top to bottom. It's no mystery why they're in this position. Brandon, we talk a lot about this on this podcast about talking your shit because player, you got to go out there and back it up. I'd imagine that trip to Philadelphia, which already has a ton of venom for Giants fans, uh, or Giants players, I should say, next year. Going to be an interesting one for Julian. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, in contracts and his further NFL career, like I'm I'm interested in uh, how it goes, but I'm also thankful that he was honest in, in that moment, or his honest. Tell your truth. Tell your truth. Because we all love Nick Sirianni. One of the things I love most about him is he seems like a fan on the sidelines. Like He's calling that out uh, in a very real way, and the results are there, though. Nick Sirianni has lived to pander to the Philadelphia fan base. He's done a very good job of it. It's what you, he is leaning into what he knows that city likes, which is what smart players and coaches do depending on where they're at right now. This is going to be interesting, especially if Philly ends up going out there and winning the Super Bowl. We saw last week players and coaches, everyone is hip to the stuff that's being said. The Chiefs beat the Bengals. What did we hear in the postgame? Burrow had this, Burrow had that. I don't know if we got cigars, but we'll do that. Uh, God, Patrick Mahomes' dad with the all-time line, I'm smoking that Joe Burrow. (laughs) Lighting up a cigar on the (laughs) field after the game. Legendary move. So uh, this is only going to fuel what hopefully is a really fun rivalry for the next number of years now. The NFC East, very quietly back in a position that feels a lot more familiar to the NFC East that we grew up on. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I'm sure the commanders will figure it out eventually or not. But uh, 
this this the spice is is real especially brian dayball over there like he's somebody who's never going to slip up and say something like that but let let the guys that are, that are fighting for him go out and do the talking. It does feel like a, a level of energy that Brian Dable sets. We see him. He's a fiery yeah. dude in his own right. He sets that kind of tone. And so I'd be curious what's said inside that locker room on a number of occasions. Uh, but Brandon, speaking of etiquette, let's get to the third. Uh, there was an article that popped up yesterday uh, in, I believe it was the New Yorker, uh, the cut. Or yeah. Uh, New York Magazine, excuse me. The New Rules uh, was the article about problem solving in situations involving etiquette. Whether it's between friends and lovers, whether it is parents, whether it's being in the city. It offered a number of different kinds of advice that we saw, Brandon, about 140 different ones. I'd ask, did any stick out to you? Because my immediate response and my first response was seeing a reference to dogs. One of the rules offered up in here was, when another human is present, don't talk to your animal in the private voice you use alone together. Mm. Or excuse me, you use when alone together, meaning don't use your animal voice in public around other people. Brandon couldn't disagree more with that one. If you don't like my dog voice, I've discovered that there is one less human I need around in my life. I don't need you around. I am going to use my dog voice when I'm around my dog. That's what he deserves. That's the respect he's given. No, no, no. See, see, this is a bigger issue because I just found out that there's baby voices. Oh, yeah. Like the people speak to their their children even or like like in a like I'm dumbfounded by it. And I've never spoken to a dog in such a uh, degrading like it not it. It feels like I'm belittling the animal, and I just I choose to treat it with a little bit more respect, like I'm talking to you. Yeah, and I choose to show them the love and affection that they're deserved. You try saying, oh, Mr. Hammy Man, in a normal voice and feeling like you're anything but a sociopath. I don't even know what did, what did you say. Mr. Hammy Man. Does dog understand you? Yeah, Mr. Hammy Man. 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 That's what you call Big Chunky Doggy. Mr. Hammy Man. Okay. Yeah. So again, if you don't like my dog voice, you can leave. Me and my dog will stay hanging out here and we'll have a perfectly good time. Were there any that stuck out for you, Brandon? Um, Yes. In the texting and posting section, uh, further down, uh, I thought, you know, I'm a big, big fan of consent over here. Big consent fan. You know, just love it. Uh, asked before sending a super graphic pic was one of the things that popped up. Not one that like like really like got my attention, but it it, it did get my attention. Yeah, fellas, but, don't send don't send unprompted dick pics. And honestly, you probably don't need to send them ever. Like it's just it's not a good looking I, thing. No one's ever sent a good listen, one. I bet when I was when I was uh, courting, pickup lines still worked. So I don't even know. Like maybe I don't know. What, I don't know what it's like out there. Um, but this one I thought was interesting. Don't, this is rule 126, don't use Instagram stories to surveil what your friends are doing instead of hanging out with you. Mm. I think that's a big one. It's something that I've experienced, obviously, using Twitter, uh, with the media company and your employer, like anything you do is kind of like people know and can talk to you about your day just because you're tweeting it out and you're tweeting through it. So Instagram stories is a little deeper than that. 
Uh, it's like, okay, I asked this person to text me back. I asked the person to hang out, and they're clearly, you know, on episode X of, of Grey's Anatomy. They don't want to hang out with me. Well, I feel like it, or, it, it's a Or they're out doing something else, I think, is the one that really hits home. Okay, okay. In which case... You, say, you sound like you're speaking from experience with that. Well, I'm just saying, in that case, take the hint. You know, okay. like... Yeah. When okay. someone shows you who you are, they are, believe them. Or don't take it personally. Yeah, I, Go one of two ways. Okay, but this is also some great advice. Number 30, or 130, sit down and respond to an email even if it's a year late. That's that's a level of chivalry that I didn't know still existed, but I, I like. Yeah, well, I think email especially, it's the least intrusive and least fast-paced form of modern communication. So that checks out. Like text messages, okay. tweets, all those things, they cycle through pretty quickly. If you go back and respond to a tweet after a year, you're an insane person. <laughs> yeah, how'd you find it? I don't know. The one that really stuck out to me was Rule 61. White people should not use any variation of racial slurs at karaoke. <sighs> Who? People still have to be reminded of that? Uh, yeah, I mean, Mike, I think I was in South Bend and we were listening to Ride With Me. Do you remember we all like went to a karaoke bar and uh, Ride With Me is one of those ones that the, the whites love. So uh, anytime anyone goes up to do it, there's a, there's a big scene, but sometimes the whites will, will sing the song. And I don't know if I'm like conflict averse or was like too much of a, a coward at the time, but I remember leaving the bar because I was afraid that I was going to hear something that I did not want to hear from a mouth that I did not expect to hear it from. But obviously I did expect it because I walked out. But the fact that this needs to be shared, like pretty much validates every rule on this list for me. It's absolute wild boy stuff here. Like I understand if you're out with your friends and the example they use is the Kanye and Jay-Z song as they dub it friends in Paris. You can't control if that comes out at a bar. If it does come out at a bar, sing the parts that are far away from the chorus or just say MF or like do anything or just don't just jump up and down and be sweaty. Do what white people do to almost any song and just jump up and down a lot and bob your arms. But if you're in a karaoke setting, you've got choice. You have got choice. You get to do your homework. In theory, if you pick a karaoke song, you know it well enough to know it. If you're going up Mm -hmm. there and just flying by the seat of your pants, you're probably not that good at karaoke. You haven't thought this out well enough to be in front of people, and I question why they would give you the microphone. But especially in this case, and again, I would say to you, whites, it's an advantage not saying that word in karaoke. You can catch your breath if you were potentially rapping that part. But again, if you cannot control yourself, one, do some soul searching, figure out why you feel the need to say that word so much, why you think it should still belong to you, and then try and process those emotions. And then two, just don't go near it. Pick any other number of songs. Brandon just told told us about it the other day. We talked about it with Charlotte. Everyone, man, woman, and child around Racer Creed knows a bunch of early 2000s country songs. Like, go with one of those. Sing Fergalicious. Sing something by Katy Perry. All yeah, of those things. Britney Spears, in right. sync. Yes. You've got an endless arsenal of things to get the party started here. You don't need to do this. 
Yes. Also, the Disney songs. Those were also, uh, you know, people like to hear those. People like to hear some nostalgia. But yes, Mike, I, I just... <sighs> you said all the things to the people, and, and I agree with a lot of them. Uh, but there are some, some songs like Sea Murders Down For My, which is one of my favorite songs. And uh, I think it says the N-word 99 times in that song. I count it. Uh, so I know it says that. Yeah, if I see someone who looks like Tommy Reese getting up there and I hear I'm just going to be like, okay. Couldn't imagine how the screams I would scrimped if I saw a white person up on the karaoke stage and heard those hey. horns chime in, because Brandon, that was song was the number one call sign in the locker room, right? You put that song in any section of the locker right. room when we were in school and people would flock over there. Everyone would start getting hype. You can get hype for free without singing the words, white people. Right. It is very easy. Yes. If I saw a white on stage and heard that song coming on, I think I'd have to run. <laughs> Unless, I mean, ironically, I said Tommy Reese because I've taken a lot of car rides with him uh, down to Eifert's uh, Lake over the summer. A lot of Drake. He's he's a respectable man. Censors, censors himself very well. I mean, he's, he's a smart guy. Oh, man. It's just some things we should we should be past. And then you see something like this. And it's like when you see a sign in public, you think, how many times has that thing happened in that exact spot where someone needed to right. put up a sign? How many times yeah. has the person or people who put together this article had to hear something like that in order to make sure they put this in the list early yeah. in the list? Um, I uh, okay, it's I I'm gonna leave with this. Yep, that's how much I'm, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it. I, I I went over it in my head, and I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it unsaid. Sometimes it is best to just leave it unsaid. That's great advice to finish off the week on. If you enjoyed it, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. Gojo, wherever you get your podcast, feel free to say words there, as long as they're not racial slurs. Which, again, you guys are smart. You listen to this podcast. We love you. You understand these things, so I don't have to tell that to you. It's just if you're new around here. Make sure you check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel as well, under the Gojo with Mike Ola Jr. tab. Thanks so much. Again, at Gojo Show on all social media handles. Make sure you're following us. We'll talk to you from Arizona next week for Super Bowl week. Boom. Money in the bank.